NPR. When Isabel Kayembe was in her early 20s, she left home. Home was in Angola, a country at the time racked by violence from years of civil war. And so she and her family fled south to Namibia. They made it to a refugee camp where they lived for the next 17 years, surviving off rations and waiting for the chance to be resettled somewhere else in the world, somewhere where they could start a new life. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. You don't know when you are going to leave the camp. And if you, are, you have the chance, then it's like winning a lottery. And after years of waiting, their number finally came up. Their application for resettlement was accepted, and they found out they'd be resettled in a place called Rhode Island. All they knew about the U.S. was what they'd seen in the movies. And Isabel said she imagined this just incredible place. You arrive, you find a mansion waiting for you, cars to be driven, a pool, and then you have chauffeurs. That's what we all think. But when Isabel and her family finally landed at a U.S. airport in the middle of January, the reality was less glamorous. It was shockingly cold outside. The streets were not figuratively paved with gold. But instead, it was covered in this powdery white stuff. Yeah, and the, uh, the fancy car, the mansion with the pool, forget about it. What I learned myself is that everything you do, you have to work for it. And not only that... Refugees like Isabel face a ticking clock when it comes to finding that work. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Adrian Ma. And I'm Darian Woods. Today on the show, we'll speak with an expert who believes the federal policies on refugee resettlement have actually resulted in a lot of people being resettled into poverty. Support for NPR and the following message come from Fisher Investments. SVP Judy Abrams shares how their fiduciary duty comes to life while helping clients plan for retirement. As a fiduciary, we must make decisions in our clients' best interest. So we work with them in consultation to be on a glide path so when they want the option to retire, that portfolio is still going to keep working for them at this stage of life. Learn more at FisherInvestments.com. Investing in securities involves the risk of loss. This message comes from NPR sponsor Arctic Wolf. Their researchers have released the Arctic Wolf Lab's 2024 threat report. Why will 2024 be a volatile year for cybersecurity? Learn more and get your copy now at arcticwolf.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Greenlight. Want to teach your kids financial literacy? With Greenlight, kids and teens use a debit card of their own, while parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and savings in the app. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash NPR. From the day Isabel arrived with her family in Rhode Island, she was on the clock. Under federal policy, refugees are expected to become what they call economically self-sufficient within 90 days. For Isabel, that meant getting a job, paying the bills and rent, not getting cash assistance from the government, and even starting to pay back the plane tickets she and her family used to get here. Now, there are some caveats. Certain families or individuals may qualify for other government benefits, like temporary assistance for needy families or disability insurance. But for everyone else, the default 90-day policy is about getting people working. So finding work was at the top of Isabel's list. 
I wanted to work because I didn't want to be a burden. I wanted to do something instead of just depending on the government because I depended on others for a very long time. Isabel and her husband took the first job they were offered at a meatpacking facility about 45 minutes away. And the job was basically stand next to the conveyor belt, pick up the meat and put it on the tray. It's like working in the, in the deep freezer. We started the work at 7 o'clock that day and we, we finished the job at 7 p.m. Isabel and her husband's story is replicated thousands of times a year all around the country. So far this year, more than 50,000 refugees have been resettled. So why would the government want Isabel to hurry up and get a job as soon as possible? Well, because it costs money. For each refugee the government resettles, it allocates about $2,400, which is supposed to last those 90 days. That averages out to about $26 a day for three months. And it's money that's supposed to help refugees with essentials like clothing and shelter to help pay for social workers that can connect them with food and medical assistance. But it's all temporary because, again, the government wants refugees who can work, working, paying taxes, becoming, quote, self-sufficient. And look, Isabel did find a job, but... Researcher Blair Sackett says this focus on refugees becoming self-sufficient in 90 days, it kind of undermines everyone's goals from the get-go. For those who continue to face barriers to well-paid jobs, we're essentially resettling people into poverty. Blair studies refugee resettlement. She and her colleague Annette Leroux recently published a book called We Thought It Would Be Heaven, Refugees in an Unequal America. And in this book, they chronicled the experiences of dozens of refugee families across the country. And Blair says what they found was these people are under extreme pressure from the moment they arrive, trying to navigate a completely new language and culture. A lot of them had never used the internet to find a job and didn't have things like a driver's license or a bank account. Particularly for those who didn't speak English, but even among those who had some basic English level, this often meant they were pushed into grueling low-wage work in really difficult working conditions. Now those government funds for the first 90 days, they pay for things like social workers and English language training. But Blair says when refugees are working these type of long hours, they don't often have time to take advantage of these resources. Over time, this hinders the ability of families to gain these critical skills for navigating day-to-day life, but also for realizing their economic prospects. On top of this ticking clock, another barrier refugees face to finding their economic footing has to do with location. So the government actually decides where refugees are initially placed. They don't choose. And Blair says this can create problems. In her book, she tells the story of a refugee family placed in a nice Pennsylvania neighborhood close to some good schools for the kids, but the parents could not actually find jobs that they were eligible to do in that area, and so they had to look elsewhere to find jobs that might have been like in a factory or a shipping warehouse. It's a trend that Blair says happens with many refugee families. Many of them moved to Akron, Ohio, Dayton, Ohio, and Lexington, Kentucky. And this was in part because this sort of manufacturing, um, those jobs were, were more available there. And so in many ways for the family, they, they had to choose between short-term survival and the family's long-term economic prospects. 
Blair says she understands the economic impulse to try to make refugees as self-sufficient as possible in as short a time as possible. But she argues that 90 days is just not long enough, and it forces people into making poor, short-term economic decisions. So what are some potential solutions? Blair says for refugees to have a better chance at long-term economic success, they need two things, more time and more community. On the more time piece of this, Blair says the U.S. could extend the period of guaranteed support for new refugees. In Canada, for instance, that period is at least 12 months. So in that time, families are supported as they take English classes, focus on mastering the language, take job skills training classes, which help translate skills from back home into their new country context. Blair says all this can make a big difference. For instance, she says there are studies showing how a better command of English leads to better paying and more stable jobs for refugees. Another policy change that Blair argues for is reconsidering how refugees are placed, allowing more of them to move to areas where there are other refugees and can benefit from the social and cultural networks that can form. Isabel Kayembe, the woman from Angola, says that would have been really helpful for her. It could be easier for us because... We share the same values, same uh, experience, the same journey. Nowadays, she's still living in Rhode Island. She and her husband recently bought a house. She works for a refugee resettlement agency. And while she's made it, in a sense, she says she also sees too many people who are stuck in survival mode. Imagine if you work 12 hours a day or even 15 hours a day. At the end of the day, you are, you are like living in another world because you don't know what is happening in the real life. Years pass by, nothing is done because there are a lot of things to pay. That's, that's what is happening. For people in a new country, a new culture, in a totally new way of life, Isabel says 90 days is just not enough. This episode was produced by Brittany Cronin with engineering by Josh Newell. It was fact-checked by Cooper Katz-McKim. Our editor is Kate Cannon, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Do you wish stories could unfold over three hours rather than three minutes? You tired of doom scrolling? Trying to find humanity? Or maybe a deeper understanding of why the world is the way it is? Listen to Embedded, NPR's original documentary series. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.